And let's open our Bibles to the book of John chapter 20. John chapter 21. Verse 15. Are you there? Can we read together? No matter what version you have. Let's read. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he, he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Father, we thank you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for loving the world that you gave your only begotten son. And Father, thank you. As your word says that while we were yet in our sins, you loved us. Jesus died for us. And Lord, as we share your word, speak to our hearts, speak to our lives, speak to our generation, speak to our time, speak to our land, speak to Uganda, speak to Africa, Lord. let your name be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. What, what does love have to do with ministry? What does love have to do with leadership? Jesus Yesu. tells Peter, Peter, Do you love me? And Peter says, Yes. Peter and maybe to Peter, it's, it's a simple question. And Maybe a simple response from him and a simple response from Jesus. But then after Peter says, yes, I love you, an amazing response from Jesus comes out. Feed my sheep. And he asks him the second time, do you love me? He says, yes. And he says, feed my sheep. Third time, Peter, do you love me? And Peter is confused. He feels bad. He gets angry. But then, he responds in the same way. You know everything. I love you. Jesus 
pushes Peter up to the wall. Same thing, same thing. And Peter does not change his mind. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. And Jesus says, feed my sheep. And so you ask yourself, what is Jesus after? Love and service. Love and ministry. Love and leadership. Why? Why? Jesus is about to leave. He has poured his whole life on the earth into these men for three and a half years. He told them, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. And now he's about to go. And he singles out Peter and he says, do you love me more than these? More than these. Why is he trying to segregate? No. The higher the responsibility, the greater the demand of relationship. The higher the position, the greater the demand of love from God. Jesus knows I've poured my life there is no other chance if everything fails God to send me back and I'm born in another woman he knows there is not that time he knows that there is not a time like that for me to come back and be born like I was born. And so he looks at Peter. Peter at one time he got out a sword cut off the man's ear. Jesus got the ear, put it back. In a short while Peter denies Jesus three times. After Jesus is, has risen, yes, he appears before them, and then for 40 days, he's on the earth. For 40 days, after resurrection, before he goes back to heaven, he's somewhere. I don't know where. I don't know where he was living. But at times he could show up. And so during that time of suspense, maybe the disciples thought after resurrection, he's going to stay at living with us the way he was. We are going to keep eating and talking with him like it was before. And they don't know things have changed. And within those 40 days, Jesus is giving them a chance to transition from being used when I'm with them, walking with them, to knowing Week, I'm still somewhere around. I'm not yet back fully up. And so Jesus is somewhere, maybe watching them. In case anything happens, maybe he corrects them. 
But those 40 days, maybe it's a transitioning in their lives. During that time of suspense, in quotes, one day Peter says, I go back fishing. And because he had influence to the race, they also said we go. There are times in our lives when we are in a period of suspense. Maybe we are not hearing from God so much. Maybe we don't see him so close. Maybe we don't feel him. And we make decisions of kind of going back. Making our own decisions. Walking away from the very commitment that we made unto him. Either when he called us, either when we got saved, or things that he spoke to us and we kind of change and maybe we say, maybe he was joking. Maybe the time of that is over. And so Peter goes back fishing and Jesus shows up. And he says, hey, hey, children, have you got anything to eat? And they say, no. And they had fished the whole night and caught nothing. He says, come over. He has already prepared. And so through that entire life, Jesus turns to Peter. I'm about to go. So Peter, do you love me more than all these? And Peter says, yes. And he says, feed my flock. Peter had gone through a process that finally he was ready. He said, no matter what comes, this man Jesus, I'm going to love him, I'm going to follow him, everything he has told us, much as at one point we didn't understand, the Bible says that when they came to the tomb, they found it empty, and the Bible says that they didn't know scriptures, but now, they realize Everything about this man Jesus is true. It has been real. And Jesus is looking for that ultimate commitment from Peter. Do you love me? And he says, Yes. What does that mean? Relationship is better than. Transaction. Relationship is the foundation of ministry. Relationship is the foundation of marriage. Relationship is the foundation of a walk of our praying, our worship, everything we do 
If it's not the relationship, then it cannot fulfill. It cannot satisfy. It's just a duty. And so Jesus turns to this man and says, Peter, do you love me? He does not ask him, how much have you learned from me? He does not tell him, are you able to lead the rest? He does not tell him, do you like me. He does not ask him, do you believe in me? But do you love me? Revelations chapter 2. Revelations chapter 2. Scripture that many of us are well familiar with. Verse 2. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who said they are apostles and are not. And have found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience and have labor and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you that you have left your first love. Remember therefore from where you have fallen repent and do the first works or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Amen. Amen. Labor, laboring, service. You labor for my name. You do so many things. You have patience. You have persevered. But I have something against you. You've left your first love. Isn't it labor that we praise? Isn't it what we see that people are doing that we appreciate and say, yeah! Now to God, he says, no. I know your labor. I know your ministry. I know all this. You've sacrificed for my name's sake. So let's ask ourselves. Is it coming to church? And you lead in praise and worship? Is it coming and you play the keyboard? Within a church setting? Is it going out for mission and preaching and preaching? Is it giving? Is it ushering? What is it all about? God is saying, it's relationship that I'm looking for. And in that relationship, it is this simple thing called love. First love. And then he says, if you go back 
and do the first works. What does that mean? Love is visible. Love, let me use this word, actionable. Actions. Now, God is saying first works. Isn't serving works? Hello? Mm -hmm. Isn't laboring works? Yes. All those are works. But they are the first ones. They are those which are first. Let's go to Titus chapter 3. Titus chapter 3. So you come to church. What is church all about? You come, you, 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 you get saved. And you have needs. And your needs are met. You are sick. And they pray for you and you, you get healed. You are bound in one or the other. And you are free. Is that all? Is that all that God is looking for? All that can be termed business. Transacting. 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 But he is after relationship. You and him. Not even simply you and your pastor. Or you and others. But first. It is from him that if you love him, you are developing that personal relationship with him that eventually your relationship with your wife will be okay. Your relationship with your children your relationship with one another, your relationship in leadership, in ministry, it all begins with your relationship with him. Why? That this family of God we came into, that life is different from out there. The thinking within God's family is different from out there. The way things are handled within his family is different from out there. Amen. Amen. Titus chapter 3. Let's read from verse 1. Remind them to subject, to be subject to rulers and authorities to obey, to be ready for every good work, to speak of no evil, to speak evil of no one 
to be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and and hating one another. Verse, Verse 4. But, but when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared not by works of righteousness which we have done but according to his mercy he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. Hallelujah. That when the saving grace came the love of God the kindness of God the love of God, our Savior, when it appeared towards men, Amen. Amen. And not by works, but according to His mercy, He saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. This is the new life the new birth the eternal life that dwells on the inside of us that dwells on the inside of us and that as a result of this life and this love of God that came to us as a result of all this the Bible is saying remind them Remind them. In other words, we remind ourselves about these things. Why? If we do not put ourselves in remembrance of these things, then we fail to be the light to the world. We fail to be the soul. Amen. We fail to be the light in our families, to our relatives that are not yet believers because we can relate with them as brothers and sisters our parents just in the natural in the natural and once we do that and we forget who we are in Christ they may hurt us and the enemy can use that. And we fight back. Or we speak. Or we say, I will not visit my parents again. I will not talk to them. 
They don't feed me. I have my own house. I have my own family. I will not talk to my brothers and sisters because they did this. And so eventually, we act like that, but it is in the natural. But when God actually saved you and put you in that family as a point of contact so that all the rest come to know him. But once you just relate just in the natural and you fail to stay caught up no, in me, that life in the Lord who you are a child of God who you are with this regenerated life the life of Christ within you that eventually you can go and pray Lord, Lord save my relatives Lord save my people and the prayers are not being answered because there is a life here that is being missed. Praise the Lord. First Peter, Peter chapter 3 verse 1 Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands. Not if that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives. When they observe your chest conduct, accompanied by fear. Look at what the Bible says. You are a believer. You love Jesus. And you're married. But your husband is not a believer. And the Bible says, submit to your husband. Your husband. Not to every man. It doesn't mean that every woman must, must submit to every man. The Bible says, your husband. And there is a purpose. What's the purpose? So that if they don't believe, they simply look at your conduct, your behavior, and they are worn to the Lord. That is the eternal life. That is a Christian life. We neglect that. We go to church and pray and pray and and we go back home. We behave in the natural. You go to work. To work. You don't live 
Salvation and Christianity and Christ in church. He's in you. He dwells in you. So you go there. You face challenges. But because you submit to him, say, Lord, what do I do? I'm so challenged in this. I'm so hurt. This is very painful. But Lord, I surrender to you. I release this pain to you. I release my heart to you. Lord, take away this burden. Because the Bible says, cast your burden to the Lord and he shall sustain you. So you are there alone. You are dealing with things with the Lord, either through the word, through worship, through prayer, and the Lord helps you. Removes that burden. Deals with you. Maybe shows you another focus. And say no. My child. That's not that. It is this. Or maybe tells you. Because you have these personal dealings with him. Or maybe he tells you. It's you. Who is in the wrong. So, after these dealings, these dealings are coming out of your personal relationship with him. What is he after? Relationship. Do you love me? So, by the time you come out, you have this mind of Christ that is in him. You've put on this new life. You've come out and that's what shows up. Amen. And those who see you, they think, oh, this person is different. This person is crazy. This person is mad. We, we do this and do this against them. But they keep on a smile. Hmm? Your secret is relationship with your God. Do you love me? Do you love me? Because you love me, Peter. When they accuse you falsely, and they, crucif- they want to crucify you. Peter says, Don't do it as my Lord. Turn me upside down. And he's ready for it. That is what Jesus was after. Love. Love. Romans. Romans chapter 8. Verse 28. Everything works together for good to those who love the Lord and who are called according to his purpose. So it begins with love. You love the Lord. 
And because you love him, he causes everything to work together for good. Whether negative, whether positive, no matter what it is, he turns things around. Because you and him, you love each other. You are committed to him. Your entire life is surrendered to him. And then you go to verse 30. Five. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? What shall separate us? Now, the purpose of the church, church and leadership is not simply to pray for you and to soothe you but to equip you when you are alone out there, out there, your pastor is not there. Your prayer partner is not there. Your bishop is not there. Prophet so and so is not there. And you face challenges. What comes out of you? That because I love God, because I love Jesus, I love him so much. So what I face shall not separate me from the love of God. From the love of God. Look at the time of COVID, lockdowns that we had, churches are closed, people are where they are. Amen. Amen. Nothing is going on in terms of church programs. One day, I used to come here every day to pray during the lockdown. lockdown. One day I'm out there in the night. I'm praying. And I looked at this building. Empty. Closed. You can call people. They can come. But you are disobeying the government. So you obey because the Bible says obey those in authority. So we close the churches. So a question came to me. What is church all about? I looked at this building. Nothing is going on. And for months and months and months no programs. On Friday, this week I was meeting with some pastors. And there is a pastor, 81 years, elderly man, but very strong. Very strong. I couldn't believe he's 81 years. So, 
he told us during the time of Idi Amin they closed churches all Pentecostal churches so him and another pastor they were from different denominations or different umbrellas but they had frictions they could not relate they hated each other so he was in Kampala when churches were closed and then he said to himself what was causing us to fight what was causing us to fight is closed now what? His heart was so broken. He got a bus. Went back to his village. Went back to that pastor. He entered the pastor's house. And he said, Forgive me. And the other one said, I give you for what? Forgive you for what? What did you do? First of all, the other one was shocked that this one entered his house because they couldn't talk. So this one says, forgive me. And the other one said, for what? And this one said, it doesn't matter. But forgive me. What was separating us and what we were proud of. Our umbrellas. They are no more. And he said. I asked myself. Supposing I die today. Where do I go? And so he said. I've come. To put things right with you. Have mercy upon me. Let all this end. The other one. God broken in the heart. And he said, You know what? They embraced. They forgave each other. And the other one said, The other one said, If I die, I want you to be the one conducting the service on my funeral. Why? Both of them, pastors, basumba, leaders, bakurembeze, but they've walked away from what Jesus is asking Peter. Do you love me? They've walked away from the relationship. It is now only about transaction. Yes, everyone is leading their church and all that. And Jesus says, let them be one as we are one. Praise the Lord. Praise Jesus. So as we conclude, as we conclude, let's look at Romans chapter 12. What kind of love is this? Romans chapter 12, verse 9. Remember last week, we declared and said, May is what? That May 
we want to declare it as a love month. That vertical love, love for God, the love for families, love for one another. And we say, let's work out things. Let the Lord give us the grace this month. You know what you're going through. You know your relationship with God. You know what God wants to work on. You and Him. Amen. So verse 9. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Let love be without hypocrisy. What does this mean? When the words don't correspond with the heart, that is hypocrisy. When the actions don't correspond with the heart, Hypocrisy. In, in the mouth, you say, Oh, I love you. You smile at someone. But in the heart, you go away and you criticize them and you talk evil about them. But when you are before them, oh, I, I, I love you. You can even do things, but the heart is far away. That is hypocrisy. And that's what Jesus was saying. Peter, Peter, do you love me? And many of us have gone through these things. But we don't get to that point of breaking and going to our brethren and say, please forgive me. Please forgive me. I'm wrong. Leave alone our families, our wives, our husbands, our children. Amen. Amen. Verse 10. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor giving preference to one another. Amen. Amen. So, what kind of love is God looking for? The heart. Does your heart still connect with God? Does your heart connect with your brother or sister? Is it about things? Transaction? Or is it about relationship? You come to church. You can sit. Hear the word. You enjoy. And you go. But do you relate with one another? In other words, do you want to open up your heart? Oh, don't, don't come in my circle. 
Stay where you are. I am Oh, I, I know people. I know people. And you keep all yourself by yourself. And the Bible says that every joint supplies and causes the body to grow. So eventually the body of Christ may not grow and be visible to those who are outside because of how the member is behaving or supplying. So the Bible says be kindly affectionate to one another. Now, when do you notice that the love is not there? Hearts are no longer connecting. You no longer care. I don't care. I don't care. You realize the love is gone. At home, your partner is hurting, but I don't care. And then you come in church and, and you preach and preach. But you left your wife or your children or your children. They are hurting and there are things that were not settled. Affection. The Bible says be affectionate to one another in honor. You honor one another. You respect one another. You give preference to others. It's not your interests first. But others. Now, now some of these things are things which become so hard in our practical life as believers. But we can lift our hands and worship and dance and go for prayer meeting. But the Lord says no. That is not enough. First love. First love. And those that he loves, he does what? He chastises. He chastises. And so, when your parents discipline you, or when your parents say no, I will not give you what you want. And you know they have the money. And you might think, oh, they don't, they don't love me. Can I go to the neighborhood and get mother there or parents there? No. Chastisement, correction, rebuke is part of the relationship with God. And we believers don't want that. We only want bless me, bless me, do this and and it's just that is a life. And even in our interpersonal relationships, 
Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise Jesus. I want to go to heaven. Do you? Do you? Do you? Let's stand up on our feet. This month of May comes from that moment where Mary goes all the way she loves Jesus. Loves Jesus. She goes to the tomb. Finds it empty. She says, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? She cries and cries. Sees the angels. Where have you put him? Tell me that I may get him away. A woman carrying a dead body. That was great love. Great love. And she's shedding these tears. Come to church. Not because of programs. But because you love Jesus. Hallelujah. Go for a prayer meeting. Not because so and so is there. But because you love Jesus. Go out and preach. Witness. Not because they've told you. But because you love Jesus. You love Jesus. At your workplace. You face challenges. They said, do this, do this. And you said, no. I met a man uh, this week in the mission. He said he was denied his position at his workplace. A promotion. He had qualified and they denied him the position. Why? He refused to bribe. When he was given the position, his boss told him to give him money. And he refused. He was demoted. He was kept somewhere. He was removed from that district. From that department. They took him to another Lord. But he says. He, he stood. He loved Jesus. He said I will not do anything. That is contrary to him. And today. He is 
the agricultural officer of the entire district. The entire district, district of, of Busheng. He's the one in charge. Do you love Jesus? We are going to be challenged. But it is going to come out of our love. For Jesus. Let's pray. Jesus. Just lift your voice and talk to him. Talk to the Lord. Just continue pouring your heart to God. Just keep on communing with Him. As you surrender your heart, you say, Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my life. Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you. Lord, I surrender to you. May the Lord touch our hearts. May the Lord reach deep into your heart. The Bible says that I'll remove the old heart. I'll give you a new heart. And I'll cause you to love me. I'll cause you to obey my ways, my statutes. As you surrender your life to him, the Lord causes his love to be shed in a fresh way into your heart. The Bible says that he has shed his love in us 
by his spirit may the church of Jesus in Africa in Uganda rise in the great love of God may the people of God rise and be caught up in that love that love of God that is not selfish that is that has nothing to do with self the love of God as the Bible says greater love has no man like this for someone to lay down his life for his friends Father we come to you you are the Lord our God you are the Lord our Savior you are our everything Lord and Father God we thank you for your love you loved us You took care of us, Lord, even while we're yet in our sins. And it was your love that drew us to you. And Father, we choose to love you. We choose, Lord. give you our all. Lord, as you ask Peter, do you love me? Father, the Lord, when you ask that question, we will not beat around the bush. We will say yes. And when you continue, we will say yes. And when you continue, we say yes, Lord. We give you praise. We honor you. We glorify you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You may be seated. As we prepare our offerings, we look at my nation. I look at my nation, Uganda. I look at Africa. With all the arable land, fertile land, with all the resources in, in our land. And we ask ourselves, is this where we would have been? Economically, in terms of our infrastructures, is this where we would have been?
I don't know what comes to you. There is no nation in Africa, maybe even in the world, that has natural resources like Congo. But look at the poverty. Look at the suffering. Is it because there are no believers, there are no churches, there are no Christians? Uganda, we pray. We are known as a praying church, a praying nation. But after we've prayed, then what? After we've gone to church, then what? The life. The life. That love for Jesus. That love for God. The love for your nation. The love for your land. That you play that small part. And you see it. And you see it. And you play it. And it makes a major difference. Because you love Jesus. If we remain Christians. And have so many believers. Uganda is 86% Christian. But we cannot be proud of only that. There has to be something more. If believers rose, caught up in the love of their God, the display of their lives would be different. And they focus on relationship, relationship with Go to the airport. Every day, you find those lines of young people going abroad. Why? They say no jobs in Uganda. Really? You have your energy? You have the right mind? But above all, you have God. Can we rise 
love him with a heart, a mind, a strength, everything. We will make a difference. May God bless you as you give.